Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Share the word this morning that you would uh, just help us this morning to be able to understand what you're trying to say to us as individuals, us as the church, Father, on the, the uh, not the eve, but on this, this new year, this new decade that we're in, Father God. Help us to make good choices at this time um, that can catapult us into our future in you. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Wonderful. Wonderful. Brilliant. Well, I'm starting a, a new series today called uh, 2020 Vision. Um, this isn't a church vision statement or anything like that, um, but uh, it, it, it's 2020. Do you know what 2020 vision actually means? I didn't know until I looked it up, and maybe the doctors and, and the opticians in the house would know, but it's, it's, it's to do with the, the distance away from the chart and the size of the letters when you go to the opticians. So that's in, in um, imperial, and there's also in metric is 6-6 vision, which is meters. So it's all to do with the clarity or um, the clarity of vision. And you know, at the, at the new year, it's good to have clarity of vision, isn't it? I'm going to ask the question I ask every single year. Who's made any New Year's, new year's resolutions? No hand is up. <laughs> oh, well, yes, it got one person's got two hands in the air. Okay. So my hand, I haven't made any New Year's resolutions. I've just decided to make some good decisions. Okay. <laughs> I keep going back to those decisions and trying to remake those decisions. But um, it's good to have priorities for life, isn't it? If you like, if, if, if 2020 vision in the, in the proper sense of the word means about clarity of vision, then it's good to have clarity of vision for our li- own lives, isn't it? And if I could drop some things off to us um, today and in this, this sermon series about what could be some priorities for our lives, that would be a good thing to hear. Here's a, here's a Bible verse from Matthew 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 8, in the Beatitudes section. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if nothing else, this year, if we decide to be, those of us that are Christ followers, to say, God, I want to be pure in my heart. Pure in my heart on my journey with you to find out who you are. Your word says, I shall see you. I shall know you. I shall be known and I shall know my God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So part one today, we're just looking at seeing God's um, priorities. Seeing God's priority. So in the midst of everything that we could think, okay, God, what would be a key thing for me and my life? What, what could be a key thing for my working life, my family life? What, what would that one thing be? What would that one thing be that I could sort of prioritise on this year? Maybe you're here today and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christ follower. What would that one thing be in your life that could be a priority to see your life advance and make progress? Well, here's a thought for us today. Knowing God and making him known. Knowing God and making him known. Here's my 2020 diary. Um, I, 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 am, I do use electronic diaries as well. I use my, di- my electronic phone for my sort of appointments and things. But this diary I use as a... Well, I've got two diaries... This diary I use as my sort of to-do list, so I know on a, on a particular day what things I'm focusing on doing. And for a Christmas present, Leanne brought to me brought me a five-year diary. So what I'm going to be what I'm doing in that is I'm going to be writing. A, it's only got like a space for that much, so it's good. 
succinct points about what God is doing in my life. I'll be, I'll be writing in there the highs. God, thank you for doing this. I'll be writing there the lows. We all go through lows, don't we? God, this has been a difficult day. Thank you, it's the end of the day. Because then in five years' time, I can look back on every day, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, five years ago, and see that God is faithful. But it's all about a journey of knowing God and making him known. I've got a, um, quite a, uh, for those that have been around church any length of time, quite a well-known passage I'm going to read this morning. It's found in Luke, starts at Luke chapter 4 and verse 40 and goes into Luke chapter 5 and verse 11. And it's, uh, it's, it's when four of um, Jesus' disciples got called um, to following Jesus, as have many of us been called to following Jesus, haven't we? We're all in call. We're all invited into a relationship of following Jesus. But what has this got to do with knowing God and making him known? Well, we'll find out. And I like this passage because, um, from, for, as some of you may know, my dad used to be a fisherman uh, many years ago. My dad turned 80 this year, so he's well through retired. But certainly in his sort of 20s and early 30s, he was a fisherman used to fish for lobsters and crabs. And occasionally I'd go out with him on the boat. And I, I've got to say, I, my, these legs aren't born for the sea. And the smell of the mackerel bait that was used in the lobster pots, cut up and on a hot sunny day, oh, I, all I remember is putting my head over the side of the boat, at one point just chundering and not feeling too well and had to go home and oh. I was probably about seven at that time. But yeah, my dad was a fisherman for many years. And then he, um, he then went on to other things later on. So I, I relate to the life of a fisherman. And uh, in verse 40, we see this of, verse, of chapter 4. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. That's Jesus. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. That's great news, isn't it? So Jesus is in the business of changing lives and he's healing people. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. This is early on in Jesus' ministry. He didn't want it to be known that he was the Son of God. He's just on his, his mission with his Father, making that, talking about the kingdom of God and bringing restoration to people's lives. That's a good time. If you were alive at that time, if you were on planet Earth at that time and you were, saw this 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 good man, this amazing teacher, and he had the amazing ability to, to see people who were sick made well. And whenever he spoke to the crowds, you listened, you leaned in, you tuned in, and you thought, I don't understand it all, but this sounds like good stuff. It's a good time to be alive, isn't it? It's a good time to be alive. Maybe you wouldn't want things to change. In verse 42, now when it was day, he departed from them into a deserted place. I want to say this, Jesus loved the, cloud, the crowds. Jesus loved the crowds. Why? Because he wanted to make a name for himself? No, because in the crowd there was the one. There was the one person. And we'll talk more about it in a, in a few moments, but he did love the crowds, but he also had to withdraw from the crowds into a deserted place. And often he would, in that deserted place, he used to pray. 
But the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. It's a good time. It's a good time to be on planet Earth. Jesus, don't leave us. We want more. We want to see more of what you're doing. We want to hear more about what you have to say. And he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. So the people wanted him to stay, wanted to stay in this, in this region. Um, but Jesus knew he had to be about his father's business. And wherever his father wanted him to go, that's where he had to go. But I don't know if you were in those crowds at that time. Would you have wanted Jesus to stay there? I probably would have. God, this is, this is good stuff, Jesus. Good stuff, I want you to stay. But things couldn't stay. And then we find ourselves in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed around him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. So it's another day. Jesus is speaking, and suddenly the multitudes are coming to him. They're pressing around him. You've ever been in a, a big crowd before? Who's ever been to Notting Hill Carnival? That is a big crowd, and you just get swept along like a river. Uh, that's a, that's a, a crowd pressing around you. So it says in verse 2, And Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Everyone say Simon. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So this is an ordinary day for Jesus. He's, he's speaking about the kingdom of God. He's preaching. He's teaching people. There's a big crowd that, are, that is gathering. Word about him has gone around to lots of different surrounding areas. And so people are coming in to see, who is this Jesus? Is he really possibly the Messiah? Is he the Christ? And one day... He joins a boat, uh, he gets to a boat of a man, a fisherman named Simon. Was it a coincidence? Was it just a, whose boat shall I get into today? I need a boat, I need to make space. No, the more longer I live, the less I believe in coincidences and the more I lean into God incidences. You see, Simon was the brother of Andrew. And Andrew was a follower, uh, a disciple of John the Baptist, originally. And one day, John the Baptist proclaims who Jesus is. And from that point on, it says that, that uh, Andrew, another disciple, turned from following John and followed Jesus to see where he was that day. And later on that day, Andrew went to his brother Simon and says, Come, I think I found the Messiah. I think I found the Christ. I think I found this, this hero figure that's been prophesied in the Old Testament, that's been prophesied in, in Scripture, that is going to change the world. I think I found him, Peter. I think I found him, Simon. I say Peter because Simon Peter, Peter was his surname, but we know Simon as Peter more fondly. So that day, uh, Jesus gets into Simon's boat. So imagine Jesus has been talking for a while. Okay, he's been talking for a while. And then it says in verse four, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep. So now we've got the carpenter because Jesus' trade was a carpenter. 
You've got a carpenter talking to a well-known fisherman, telling him how to fish. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Here's Simon's response. Was it, what are you talking about, you carpenter? No. But Simon replied, answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night for, and caught nothing. Nevertheless, everyone say nevertheless. nevertheless. We've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Church, it's good to be people that say nevertheless. No matter what our situation looks like, no matter what we've been through or maybe going through, nevertheless, or another phrase, but God. God is able to do even more things than what our current situation says. God is able to change our lives around for the better. Nevertheless, he said, I will do what you say. And when they had done this, after they were obedient, after they'd followed what Jesus said, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners, their partners being James and John and, and the other hired people, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. The thing is, church, we, when we know who God is, we're just made aware of our sin. We're made aware of our humanity. We're made aware of our frailty. We're made aware, actually, we are just but dust. But he is God. He is pure. He is holy. But something about this amazing God just wants to have a relationship with you and I. Just wants our life to make, make a difference, to count. But it all starts with knowing God. And Peter was aware of his sinfulness. For he, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. We've got a tough fisherman. And suddenly he's met this, this miracle-working man who speaks good things, does amazing things, and he's scared. Who is this person? Who is God? And God says, Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. This year, if I can give you any piece of advice and you would give the same to me, I would hope. My number one priority would be to know God. To know God. Forget everything else. Forget, well, I want to go to the gym three times a week, four times a week. All good stuff. I want to eat healthily. All good stuff. I want to be a nice person. But when we get to know God, it makes all the difference. And everything else falls into line. If we get to know our creator, then the created beings can know how to live our lives. Knowing God and making him known. Just three things very quickly I just want to share this morning. To know God means you must perceive 
his passion. See, I said that Jesus loves the crowd. Jesus loved the crowd because he loved the one. Many times, you know the amazing story of how he fed the 5,000 men in the crowd. That's 5,000 men plus the women and children, probably about 20,000 people. And what happened, he'd had a day of just, of just talking and teaching the crowd. And afterwards, the Bible says they were hungry. And the disciples said, send them away, that they may find bread to, to buy some bread and have some food. And Jesus, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was always moved with compassion. To be moved with compassion means that your in, innards, your in, internal makeup, your, your, your bowels move. Move, are grieved by what you see. And the Bible says about the, the crowds that they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. He was passionate about the crowds because he was passionate about people because he was passionate about the one. The one person. And often in the crowd, he'd be passing through and then faith would rise up in people like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he healed him. And you had the woman who had, had a, a, a flow of blood a, a, for 12 years. She was bleeding. And she reached out in the crowd and, and touched the hem of his garment, the hem of his cloak, and was made well. In the crowd, there's always the one. Today, you are one. One. One person. And Jesus is passionate about you and your life. He loves you so much. So much. He loves you. Absolutely loves you. He loves you in the days when it's all going well. He loves you in the days when you mess up. He loves you in the days, and I thank God for that. He loves you in the days when you're confused, when you're hurting, when you're broken, and we're all broken in different ways. He's passionate about you and loves you. And that's why getting to know him this year, whatever last year looked like, has to be a priority because he's passionate for you and knows how to see your life well equipped and to, to go forward in life. Everyone have a look around this room this morning. Full of chairs, full of people, front and back, left and the right. Every chair represents a person that is either here today or isn't here to, yet today. And God is as passionate about you as he is about people that don't yet attend this church. He's passionate about this community. He loves this community. He loves this community. He loves it more than you and I. He loves it because he died for people to give them hope and a purpose. He loves people. He was moved with compassion. And that day was no, no accident that he was in Peter's boat. He loved Peter. And he had a plan and a purpose for Peter as he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us here today. He has a plan and a purpose. He wants our life just to get to know him and to discover his will his, for, for our lives. So how can you get to know God more this year? If he's passionate, you need to perceive his passion. Well, we need to get to know him. Sometimes we... We might read the Bible because it's a good thing to do. A religious thing to do. Well, the word religion means to bind. God doesn't want us bound. He wants us free. 
And sometimes we can read the, Bi- read the Bible because I've got to do it because it's part of my daily readings. Or I've got to keep up with my reading the whole Bible in a year program. All good things to do. But we've got to know, get to know Jesus. Sometimes life is busy. All, life is busy all the time. And in our married life, we can become like, Leanne and I can become like, kind of like ships in the night. We might see each other for just a few moments in a day and, and catch up. But there's times when we just need to connect. We need to spend more time with each other. Can't always be every day. But we, for our relationship to matter and to grow and to, for us to feel more connected with each other and close to each other, we have to communicate with each other. We have to spend time. We have to go on a date. We have to spend quality time together. Exactly is the same with you and Jesus, with me and Jesus. I've got to connect with him. I've got to spend time with him. I've got to say, Jesus, help me read my Bible today. Jesus, and this is prayer. It's not our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a way, a model of prayer. But saying, Jesus, help me. I want to get to know you today. That's one of the greatest prayers you and I can pray. Help me to be passionate about the things that you're passionate for, Jesus. Jesus is passionate for the one. He's passionate for you. Also passionate about other people. So there's a story about two guys that were, were, were in a pub one day and they were drinking. And um, he said to, one guy said to the other guy, do, do you love me? He said, yeah, I love you. I really love you. Yeah, you, you, you're my best friend. I love you. He goes, well, tell me what hurts me. And the guy couldn't answer him. He says, you never truly love me until you know what hurts me. The point being, when we know someone intimate enough, we know what moves them. We know what they're passionate about. And their passions, their priorities become our passions and our priorities. This year, make following God, getting to know God, knowing what his heart is passionate about, become your passion too. And let's as a church, as we, as we seek to go forward this year, let's make, as we're making space for growth in our double services and um, in the coming season, we're talking more about that in the, in the future. But let's make, our purpose behind that is making space so other people in our community can come to know Jesus as you and I do today. Secondly, to know God means you must play your part. And I love this. I love this because in this passage, we've got different people with different skills. We've already spoken about Andrew, the brother of, of, of Simon Peter, who said, come, I think I found the Messiah. He played his part that day. He played his part. And in the world of Peter, he, we hear that his, um, Peter's um, mother-in-law was sick, sick to death. And Jesus healed her. And she got up and served them. What an amazing miracle. That must be playing on Peter's mind. Jesus is hearing about, sorry, Peter is hearing about Jesus. And this day he's in the boat, he's rowed out a little way from the land, and he's listening to what Jesus is saying, thinking, gosh, who is this man? He's probably seen many of the miracles. And at this point, because of the part that many people have played, he now says, depart from me, I'm a sinful person. And Jesus calls him calls him into relationship with him. But playing your part, also, there's different other characters in the story. I love the fact that you've got um, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. I love that name, Zebedee. 
James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And in another passage, they're talking about at this time, they're not in their boats, they're, they're mending their nets, they're washing their nets. And in the body of Christ, there's a role for everyone. There's a role for everyone, whether you, you, you love to listen to people and talk with people, whether you're a, an organiser, there's a part to play to seeing God's kingdom come. Amen. I'm not just talking about inside the church and what we do as a church. I'm talking about in the kingdom of God. There's a part to play with your name on it. And this year, um, we're going to be providing opportunity for you, you to discover your spiritual charis, your spiritual gifts. What does that look like? And we'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks. But playing your part is so vital. You know, if people didn't play their part, then, you know, what would happen? What, what would hap- happen? Well, God would call other people to play their part. I'm going to embarrass him. Jude, I want to appreciate you. Jude, you know, you just... Um, thank you, sit down. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to call you forward, no, don't worry. But um, Jude, as did many people at Christmas, the carol service, Jude brought your... Uh, it was your boss, wasn't it? He brought his boss to the carol service and sat with him. That's Jude. Yeah, Wonderful. And Jude is representative of so many people that did the same. You brought family members, you brought friends, and you sat with them so they could hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? As we all play our part. You may not have all the words to say, but you can reach out to people in love. And finally, to know God means to not just perceive his passion or play your part. It also means to pay the price. And there's a price to be paid for every, everything. Following Jesus comes with a price tag. And for some people in the word, in the, in the Bible, that price tag was too high. It says of Peter in verse 11. So when they brought their boats to land, and, and these, I believe, aren't poor fishermen. These are people that have partnership. They've got business. They've got hired servants. These are probably wealthy people, not poor fishermen, <coughs> wealthy people. And when they brought their boats to land, They forsook all and followed him, that's Jesus. See, following Jesus isn't about saying, God, I give you everything. It's about saying, God, everything's yours. I'm just going to do as you say. Knowing that God has got our best interests at heart. As we get to know Jesus, I say, God, Jesus, I am just a sinful man. Would you forgive me? And Jesus forgives us. He forgives us. He, he, he gives us a clean slate, a clean start. But it's all or nothing, friends. It's all or nothing. It's, saying, uh, it's not like saying, God, I, I, give you, I give you my car, but I'm going to keep my diary. What I do with my time is mine, but you can have my car. Or, God, you know, I give you my family to take care of, but um, I'm going to keep my money. God, everything I am, all who I am, if I'm a follower of Christ, belongs to you. Show me how to live my life. Sounds basic, but we make it so complicated. Let's live for Jesus. Pay the price tag. And the price tag is, it's all or nothing. It's everything you've got. The joy of knowing Jesus the joy of him transforming our lives. 
There's times in our lives we hold on to different things, pain, anxiety, hurt. And Jesus says, I've paid the price to give you freedom in every single area of that life. Now there is a journey in some of that stuff for us to walk through to know greater freedom. Sometimes it's instantaneous and sometimes the journey you have to walk through, walking through a journey of forgiveness. Lord, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them and suddenly the pain no longer has us anymore. There's a journey but we have to give it to Jesus. He paid the price, the ultimate price of dying for our sins to give us freedom. But the price is, God, I give you everything. I choose no longer to walk in bitterness. I choose no longer to walk in pain. I choose no longer to walk in unbelief. Even though sometimes I doubt you, God, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe the promises of God are for me today. And for maybe some of us here today, we haven't experienced everything that God has for us yet. Well, none of us have. But there's more. Maybe for some of us today, we know God to a certain level. And God is saying, come on, know me more. There's more. Follow me day by day. Maybe some people it's like, God, I like what I hear about it, but it doesn't seem real yet. Well, today could, could be a reality for you. God could become real for you. So real. The reason we, we gather is to worship Jesus but to give every person that comes an opportunity to hear about God, to respond to Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. To know God and to make him known. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Why don't you just close your eyes for a few moments. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God Purity of heart says, God, I don't have it all together. I don't know it all. But I desire in the depths of my heart this year not to let pain rob me of things. Even when people let me down, I'm not going to allow pain to rob me of things. I'm going to keep loving, keep pursuing you. God, even in the depths of my heart, I'm not going to allow unforgiveness to settle in, take root. God, in the depths of my heart, I'm going to dare to believe and step out in faith that you love me and you have a plan for my life Lord in the depth of my heart I'm going to dare to believe that as I give you everything everything I have that you will guide me show me lead me in my business you will lead me in my education you will lead me in my family when I don't know what to do as I ask you that you will show me the map and give me direction God as I protect my heart as I'm pure in my heart I believe that day by day I can know the presence of God, that I can see God. Those that know their God shall do exploits, the Bible tells us. And God doesn't want us to keep this even to ourselves. He wants us to make him known to the world around us. Church, the number one priority I believe that God would have for us is to know God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. The first and greatest commandment. So right now where you are, where you're standing, I just encourage you in a moment, just to, in your heart right now, just think, God, what do I need to do to get to know you more this year? I don't care whether you've been on the road as a Christian for 80 years or a year or a few months. What's one thing you can do? Maybe it's making a discipline of reading the word. Maybe with someone else. Getting an audio Bible. Maybe it's getting a devotional series from the U, U version app. 
Maybe it's saying, God, I, I commit to pray for five minutes a day. I commit to maybe fast this year. I commit to trying some different spiritual disciplines that I haven't done for many, time, many years or many months. I desire to commit with you. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Friends, when we die, we're going to see him face to face. I was thinking about a song this morning in the, um, in the shower and it was, it was literally that old, an old song. Um, One day at a time, sweet Jesus, is all that matters to me. One day at a time. I mean, I have tomorrow, but I have today. I have today. So Father, in the, in the quietness and the privacy of our, our hearts right now, we just give to you our lives, we give you to you our hearts. Our desire is that we may see you, that we may know you this year. Give us wisdom to know how to, what we need to do just to shake our priorities. Sometimes life is just crazy busy. But in the midst of it all, help us to know how to put you first and not last. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life.com. Dash cc.org.